Hey friends, welcome to the Live Your Freaking Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm your other host, Selena. We are two BFFs and life coaches who talk about the science of happiness and well-being to help you live your freaking life. Yes. Today, we're going to start taking a little trip around the world. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about this. Yes. I mean, we have been for the last couple of weeks. We have been, right? but today we're getting a little bit more like into it. We're going to visit some new places. Yes. Vicariously. Oh my goodness. What would it be like if we just hopped on a plane right now and went to these places and recorded from there? Dream with me. I mean, that would be amazing. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Truly. Oh, yeah. Okay. A okay. girl, a girl dream. dream. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, before How we was your jump week? in, I was going to ask nope. you. <laughs> How uh, was your week? My week was good. Um, It was Easter week. And so my sister and her family were in yeah. from Florida and everybody came to my house on Easter and we had an amazing Easter egg hunt and amazing food. Everybody helped. I was trying very, very hard to, um, gosh, to not overfunction. Oh yeah. But on Easter, it's really difficult because I love, 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 love pulling off the epic Easter icon. Yeah. And this year we had 15 people hunting. I saw like your, whatever you posted. And I was like, that's a ton of people. I'm so mad at Instagram. Yeah. That did not turn out for me. No, I, (laughs) I spent like an hour putting that together, mostly for the people that were there. So they would have those memories, right? Like that's for me important. And I was so excited. And then all of a sudden it starts glitching. Yeah. And the, the I get the like spinning wheel thing and yeah. it's not letting me change anything. The song's not coming up anymore. And I finally got to the point where I literally like two hours, I let my phone sit there because I thought, all right, maybe whatever. Yeah, you need it'll, to work it. Put yourself in time yeah. out. Yeah. Then it got to the point where it wouldn't let me edit. So I just, I was like, share. And then I watched it and I wanted to cry. Okay. Well, that's a little extreme. No, it wasn't extreme <laughs> because that video was so cute. Anyway, it whatever. Was cute. It just had some weird. What is happening with Instagram? Oh, listen, half the time I post on stories, if I put any kind of filter on it, because sometimes I'll put like sparkly things or whatever, it glitches. Like yeah. almost 80% of the time, the filter glitches. It's so weird. It's dumb. Ugh. Anyway, and I don't do that stuff very often. So it annoyed me when I was like, okay, I put I'm all this time into it, it yeah. have this memory, share it with everyone, tag them, let them, yeah, whatever. Because it was adorable. But anyway, whatever. Um, so that was really fun. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Um, yeah, my nephews came and their kids and it was a blast. So anyway, that was good. Yeah. And then on top of it, my friend Beth dropped off the book, the housemaid. Let me tell you something. I got messages from, I want to say I got messages from three or four people saying two things. One if you do a book club, I'm in. Yeah. Two. Holy crap! I just read The Housemaid. Or what was that one book? And um, everybody is loving this book. Oh my gosh! I I don't read fiction books very often. And Debbie, we went for a walk, and she had just listened to our last podcast, and she was like, "So, what's the fiction book you're going to read? Hold <laughs> me accountable." I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "It's The Housemaid." And then Beth, her sister, said, "I'm about to be finished with it. I'll drop it off at your house." Well, I had already ordered one. But it was a good thing because I gave the one I ordered to my godmother who loves to read. Um, and so I sat down in three sittings and read this. Book. Oh, yeah. But you know, how I always say like, oh, I'm not a fast reader. Yeah. 
well. It just depends on what you're reading. Yes. Yeah. If I am into it. Gripping fiction can <gasps> like totally, I'll stay up till two o'clock in the morning, which I would never do. I was a little mad because about halfway through, I knew. Oh, did you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I there's that happens. I love to be like completely surprised, but. Yeah, but you know what? I don't like it when they don't drop hints in the storyline. Like I want to figure it out myself. Yes. But if it's a total shock. And they don't give you anything. Like, I actually do not like uh, mystery or thriller books like that at all. Wait, do you think they give hints? Yes. You do? 100%, yes. Oh, okay. Because I just remember, like, I uh, overanalyze everything. Like, you know that. Jokes. You don't say. Overanalyze. And so I'm reading the book and I am, like, overanalyzing it. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay. It it can only go this direction. Because I'm not going to ruin it for the people that have not read it. But read it. Frida McFadden, The Housemaid. So, so It's good. so good. So and good. there's a sequel, which I have not read yet, called The Housemaid's Secret. So I need to get that. I have oh, not. I saw that when yeah. I looked it up on Amazon. Mm. Yeah. I have not gotten it yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it. Can I just tell you, I started um, the Jen Hatmaker book club that I'm in online. Um, the book of the month is the Paris bookseller. And I'm only like five or six chapters in, and I love it already. Really? I do. The Paris bookseller. And it's not a mystery yet. I don't think it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. really liking this one so far. So just mm-hmm. putting that little. So give me an, I- give us an idea. What's it about? Um, like I said, I'm not that far into it yet, but I just, I'm really enjoying the way this person writes. Mm. Um I mean, <laughs> it's about a woman who lives in Paris and opens a bookstore. Like, <laughs> okay, so it's your dream. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right? Maybe not in Paris, but mm. it is. Ugh. Yeah, one version of my fantasy life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what else about your week? What else? Um, let's see. Well, I've still been, unfortunately, still been coming down off of this flare. So that has really, um. I don't know, limited, like how much physical stuff I can do. And, and fortunately, like even Frank is, is like, okay, Selena, like how many spoons do you have left today? Mm. Like what, how much are you doing? And is this too much? And so I've been trying really hard to pace myself though. There are sometimes that my arm and hand just will not permit me to do anything, Mm. which is so fun. Mm. Um, I'm getting there. It's almost, I'm almost out of the woods, just not a hundred percent. Yeah, I guess I'll take it. Whatever. It's dumb. Um, but my brother was up this weekend, which was really nice. So he came over and hung out uh, Friday night for a little bit. And then uh, what else? We all went to the movies on Saturday and he came see? with us. No, wait, what did we see? Did you see air? No, that's, is that even in theaters? Yes. Or is it just streaming? No, it was in theaters. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like getting the best ratings. Huh. What do we see? Oh, we saw the um the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, really? which I actually really enjoyed. That's fun. And I could give two craps about right, Dungeons and right. Dragons. But no, it was fun. It oh. was actually a fun time. Um Cassie nice. came with us, my daughter, and she took a 20 dollar nap. So Oh my gosh. Yeah, she fell asleep. Mm, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, and then Sunday, yeah, Sunday was Easter and we had everybody here, my mom and my brother and my stepdad and my grandmother, my uncle and blah, blah. 
and um, just did like barbecue, did burgers and hot dogs and pasta salad and all that fun stuff. So that was that such was a nice. great idea. Simple, yeah. first close down of easy. the year because the weather was beautiful. It was. Oh my gosh, we could it have was. asked for a better day. And we did do the big epic Easter egg hunt with our kids. So nice. that was fun. Um, and then Monday, I took Cassie to Terrain because she's never been there. And oh. my daughter is like a massive plant Yes, She has way too many plants. And so I knew she would love it there. So we went to terrain on Monday and she was just in her glory. Oh my, oh my word. She loved it. Loved it. Loved it. What'd you have to eat? Um, this time I got the shrimp and grits, mm. which I had not gotten since you and I went like in 2020 mm-hmm. on my birthday. Um, and it was so good. Oh my uh-huh. gosh. It's so, and I don't like shrimp and grits. I really don't. Oh, but it's got this like jalapeno honey mm-hmm. and the sure watermelon rad- radishes mm-hmm. and it just, oh, it's like a flavor bomb. It Everything was so good. there is so, it's like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Terrain Cafe in Glen Mills. We have to at some point go try the Devon one. I know. I know. We need to, That's listen, crazy. we have a hard enough time scheduling like, I know. Hey, when are we going to record? I know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's it so is crazy. a little a little nutty, but it's fine. Yes. yes. It's fine. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's the vast majority of since the last time we talked. Um, I've just been enjoying this weather because it's like 80 something degrees out yes. right now. Today's going to be 85 yesterday. Was it really? It that really high? was. Oh yes. my God. Today's going to be 88. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't see. Oh, I totally forgot the biggest, most important thing. Wait, let me guess. What? You opened your pool. We did. Did you see it? I did. It is so beautifully crystal clear and blue. Yes. I can't even stand it. When we pulled that cover off and that water was still crystal clear. I'm not, listen, I'm just going to say it because it's the truth. Whenever we get to the end of the winter, we pull that cover and it's clear. I feel like I'm better than everybody else. I just do. Let me tell you. Oh, Because I do. It's a moment of success. It makes me so happy because- it's so common to get it like all green and gross under there all summer. Oh and so every time we, we avoid that, I'm like, oh, Frank, I don't know who gets better than this is amazing. Exactly. So I was Frank, very excited. Chemical man, chemical master. He is. And so, yeah, our beautiful pool is open and yes. frigid. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, and you know, there is that thing about heat and cold so therapy. It's cold therapy and it is incredibly good for you yeah apparently would be phenomenal for what I have going on right now and but I keep using the excuse that Frank hasn't put the ladder on out yet oh so you can't he's like I can do that out in two minutes flat yeah I'm like oh well no take your time yes (laughs) I know the thought of that is like I have a hard enough time turning the shower to cold and I I don't ever do that I don't do it every day I don't ever do that but when I'm in a flare and like the inflammation is high, oh, I do it. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah, I'm sure it would. It does. And it helps with your immune system and all of the things. But Cassie wants to do it now. So I don't know. If oh. he puts that ladder on. It's like the polar plunge. We all might be doing it. Yes. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. You need the ladder because you can jump in, but you need to be able to get out fast. Yeah, fast. Yeah. Ideally, though, you stay in for a couple minutes, right? Yeah. And I don't even know how long it is. I'm going to have to look that up, but I'm I'm going to need like a, a timer. You're not going to do it. <laughs> Shut up. No, no, whatever. No, me. You are not going to do up. it. <laughs> whatever. 
All right. All right. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Yeah, I've been, I have fun, you know, because I've been having fun with this series as we go around the world and, you know, like, I feel like I'm there just even if it's for a minute. Yeah. And you know, I want to go to all the places, but this is, this has been a fun series. We looked at Huga from mm-hmm. Denmark. Yep. And then last week we talked about, um, oh my gosh. What did we talk about last week? The- was last week Huga? No. no. No, two weeks ago was Huga. What was last week? Why can neither of us remember? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it wasn't, yes. it wasn't one. I was trying to think of like one particular what the heck country. Was it? it talks yeah. about five different places in the world where the blue zone people live the longest and they're healthy and cognitively sharp and all of those things. And so that was really fun. That was really fun. Have you done anything, incorporated anything? Yeah. From those nine things? I've been eating beans every day. Have you? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I made some black bean soup um, the other day. And I have been trying to eat more plants. Yeah, um, plant-based food and have meat as a side. That's definitely something I've been trying to get outside every day and sit in the sun and, you know, some of the things that I've already been trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that the weather is nicer, it's, I have to confess though, I have with the nice weather, I have not been moving my body as much as I mm. thought it would be. So starting, okay. I'm going for a long walk today. Okay. I'm saying it. There you go. Yeah. How about you? How about me? Um, well, we did wine at five a couple times. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like this. <laughs> yeah, that so that's been lovely. Um, but I have eaten more plant-based um, since last week. Mm-hmm. Um, there've been a number of times because like my husband and my daughter eat entirely plant-based, right. some seafood. Um, and so I've been eating more of what they're eating over the last week. And it's fine. Yes, It's fine. But let me tell you something. Like we had like a whole big vegetable roast, roasted vegetables last night. And they were so good. Frank Mm -hmm. is so good at like seasoning them and making them taste good. And it was all kinds of different things. And within two and a half, three hours, my stomach was grumbling, hungry. Mm -hmm. Like, like this was not enough. Wow. <laughs> it felt like enough in the moment, but I i mean, audibly, you could hear it sitting next to me. Wow. My stomach was grumbling. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to figure so you got something else out with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Oh. So yeah. So yeah. Blues I haven't out. mastered like getting up when the sun comes up and going to bed when the sun goes down. Not sure. I'm going to tackle that one. Going to bed when the sun goes down. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's what I think saying. it's like slowing down when the sun goes down. Yeah. Well, in the blue zones, that's, I know, that's I know. what they do. So, but today we're yeah. going to be talking about several different We are. So countries. why don't you go first? Which country would you like to talk about first? Well, first, let's preface with this. Yeah. What we're going to be talking about are these cultural customs that help give a perspective on happiness and what it means to live the good life all around the world. Yeah. So it's what's making people happier in different places. And we're basing this off of a book I had read um, in 2020, actually, called The Atlas of Happiness, The Global Secrets of How to Be Happy. This is by Helen Russell, who I didn't even realize right. till like today that it's the same person who wrote The Year of Living Day initially, which yeah, we talked about because I in the Yuga episode. You were reading that and I wondered if you knew I don't know how I made the connection, but I was like, kind of, what are you telling me that it was the same author? But okay. I so forgot. You just I totally forgot. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that was kind of cool. So yeah. we're each going to talk about a couple of different countries and, and what they do or what their culture does to yeah. experience or measure happiness. Yeah. And they talk about a bunch. So we're oh not, my gosh, there's so many this week and next week, we're going to hit a few of them, but there are 30 different countries that I they cover so. in this book. Um, today we're going to talk about a few. And then next week we're going to talk about a few. Um, I, my first country I picked was Brazil. Can you imagine why? I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my son, Jordan is engaged to Karina, who is from Brazil and I love her so much. And I just love her way of being. Mm. There's something so beautiful about her. Um, I mean, she's beautiful physically, but just her her person, like, I don't, I can't explain it, but she's just a beautiful being from the inside out. Mm. And so when I saw that Brazil was one of the countries, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to talk about this. So I actually talked to her at like one o'clock in the morning last night. <laughs> um, I've been meaning to talk to her about this for a couple of days. And then I just kept forgetting, but there's a term in Brazil um, called saudade. Um, saudade. Um, it's S-A-U-D-A-D-E. Um, and it's not really a, a term that they necessarily use a lot. Like it's not, when I asked her, I was like, so how do you use that? What do you say? She's like, it's hard to like describe what it, what it means, Yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a deep, deep feeling. It's a very intense emotion is what she said. And I was like, oh, and she said, it's this feeling of, she said the, the best word in English to describe it, but it's lacking is missing. Like when you, you miss someone or you miss oh, something. Okay. It's a feeling of nostalgia. Yeah. Kind of right. It's it's, and for a lot of people, it can be like thinking back on their childhood, like mm-hmm. it's gone, but there's such special happy memories of their childhood. Um, and they can't get that back. But Karina said, and, and there's actually, it's a national holiday, I guess you would say of, um, Saudade day in Brazil on January 30th, every year, they celebrate Saudade, I guess, best way of saying it. And she said, it's really, um, it's, it's a day to be intentional about reaching out to people that you've lost connection with. Oh, people that you miss people that were once in your life that you enjoyed having in your life. And now you're like, Oh, so it's like a reconnecting. It's an intentional day to reconnect and just say, Hey, I miss you. Um, so I thought that was really fascinating. One of the things that really stood out to me is that because this isn't, so this isn't like happiness, right? Like this is the book is called the Atlas of happiness and saudade is really, it's an intense emotion of like, Oh, I miss that. It could be a food. It can be a person. It can be, um, a time, right? So it could be a lot of different things, but it's the, um, yeah. Um, it good. Well, it makes me think about, you know, back to how we kind of prefaced it. It's living the good life. And yes. I think remembering and nostalgia and all those things absolutely are a part of that. Yes. And I love this because in this book, it, it says there's a philosopher, Kierkegaard, who wrote, there is bliss in melancholy and sadness. Hmm. And I was like, oh, and for a seven, on I was going to say, you probably wanted to run from that. That's really hard, but it it is something I've been trying to practice in my life, right? Is being present with my emotions. It's not not running from pain or spinning pain, but like sitting with the emotions. And that's really what sadology is. It's, um, it's really 
It's this idea that if we don't have darkness, we can't appreciate the light. Yep. And so, and it's also, it's funny because with Easter, you know, a number of years ago, it hit me that, you know, you have Good Friday, which is like deep, intense sadness. And then you have Resurrection Sunday, which is like extreme joy. And it hit me a few years ago that like, that's life. Sure. In life, we have both joy and sadness. Two things can be true at the same time, right? It's like, it's balancing those two things. And and there's the reality of that in Brazil. And I think part of the reason that this is such a reality is because Brazil is kind of a mess, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of corruption in the government. There's a lot, it's just crazy. And so, um, so they have this appreciation for the good and, and um, people and because those are the things that kind of have gotten them through mm-hmm. the hard times over the years. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting. It says, um, sodalgy is a pleasure you suffer and an ailment that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I just thought, wow, what a great way to really kind of just remember, like, I think for all of us, like, wow, who in our lives mean something to us, but, um, maybe we've lost touch with maybe like pick up your phone right now and, and reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I miss you. Yeah. And, um, but then I'll be honest, like for me, it also kind of hit home because I thought, you know, in May it will be, um, four years since my dad passed. So it's coming up on that. And I don't know why, like dates, I don't know. I have such significant, like Mm. I miss him every day. Right. But I don't know, just thinking about like, wow, four years, what, how is that even possible? Um, but there is this beauty in, in thinking back about thinking back into the past and, and appreciating the time that I had with him sure, and the memories and the, the good things. And yes, I, it's that intense emotion of like sadness and grief, but at the same time, it's this balance of, of, really good memories and happy times. And, um, and so it's weird. It's kind of like sodalgy is kind of like this bittersweet, um, yeah, bittersweet emotion. It reminds me of like romanticizing your Mm. losses or romanticizing your suffering Mm -hmm. as a way to work through it Mm -hmm. or go through it. It also reminds me like it's the American version in my mind is like, it's better to have loved and lost than never Mm. to have loved at all. Mm Kind of seems encapsulated by this sadaji. Yeah. And it's the reality of like loss is inevitable. Sure. Pain and sadness is like, it it is really a part of life. And so instead of, and here, I, I, I don't know. I just think so many times we want to spin, we want to run, we want to, depending on how we're wired and we're so busy that we don't have time. We talk about this a lot. You know, that book burnout is about Mm -hmm. processing emotions from start to finish. So they don't get stuck inside of you. And I'm like, wow, this is a culture that embraces that and they accept and don't resist that. Hey, life is both Mm -hmm. joy and sorrow. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's so good. But and, and it's also interesting because Brazil is also known for carnival, right? Like the, yeah. the partying and, and all of these things. Um, but at the same time, they have this, um, they have th- like that. This is also a part of their culture. Yeah. Such a part of yeah. their culture. So it's a balance. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. It's interesting because I think as we talk about, you know, these countries, these countries that we're we're talking about don't necessarily rank as the happiest countries in the yes. world, nor are there um, situations politically or, you know, just physically within those countries, nor are they perfect mm-hmm. or even necessarily good. And so this is, you know, the people of these countries, it's their way of expressing and experiencing happiness and a life well lived within their circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And even coping. Right? Oh yeah. Like, Cause I think about like, okay, so you have this saudade, but then you also have, you know, they're dancing all the time and doing all that. But I'm like, Oh, isn't that interesting? It's almost like this counterbalance of yeah. both. They're also very, I think this is the other thing I love about Karina is, um, and the Portuguese culture, they're very tactile people. So they're very touchy, right? Like they love to hug. Like I will just sit Jordan and Karina when we're together, like they are always next to each other. And she is always like playing with his hair or massaging his arm or, or something like that. Like just very, very affectionate people. And again, to me, like Brazil, it's a mess. And so there's a, a lot of, um, yeah, it's like you said, it's not yeah. known for being happy, you know, the happy country, but like they have each other. So they appreciate and savor one another and savor moments and um, express their love to one another in um, really special ways that I just think is, yeah, it's very inspiring. And so, um, yeah, so I love that. Okay. Um, okay. One of the things that, um, one of the things like how to experience Sadalji, um, I think when I think about this is they say surrendering to the longing and to be able to take the time to reminisce. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that was, was kind of my takeaway of like, yeah. oh, okay. Am I surrendering to the emotions? Am I taking time to reminisce and look through pictures? And when you do that, there is that it's painful, sure, but it's also beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so living in with both and, um, yeah, yeah. It's a really beautiful thing. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. How about you? Okay. Well, I remember reading about this the first time years ago and going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I need to tell Frank all about it. And I did. And so the first country I'm going to talk about is Australia. Mm -hmm. And one of the concepts or phrases that they tend to hold on to is fair go, like fair as in give it a fair go or give that person a fair go. And what that means to them is that everyone and everything is deserving of a reasonable chance. So it's equality of opportunity, giving everyone and everything a fair mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. And I love this. And apparently, which I did not know until I started doing a little bit more digging, um, this has some like really significant historical roots mm. in Australia. So the concept of fair go actually came about in 1891. The sheep shearers, which I would imagine there's a ton of freaking sheep shearers in Australia. Yes, I, I would think. I, I'm- Sure. I'm going to go ahead and go with okay, that. Yeah. So in 1891, <laughs> the sheep shearers went on strike and they were arrested without being first read their warrants. And so they asked the question of the authorities at that time, do you think, do you call this a fair go? Mm-hmm. And it caught on. Interesting. It caught on. So that created the birth of the Australian Labor Party and this perception that Australia is a country of fairness, 
of good sportsmanship and a positive outlook mm. and man, good sportsmanship. They are like all about their sports there, like mm. way more than we are here, which I have a very hard time understanding, <laughs> but whatever, whatever. But it was so cool. Cause like this idea of fair go creates feelings of happiness in people because it makes you feel like everything's achievable, mm. right? Everyone's equal and you're all in it together. And yes. I stink and love that. Yes. What's so interesting too, um, is one of the things that's really emphasized strongly in their culture is that everyone has to try. Hmm. Everyone has to try. So participation is highly valued. So like one of the things they talk about in the book is how like in their schools in Australia, they have an equal amount of right-handed and left-handed scissors at all times. Really? Now I know that sounds like a little thing, but I am left-handed. Yeah. Can I just tell you how hard it was to find those stinking green handled scissors oh. every that were the lefty ones. Yeah. Right. And there was like one or two you know, in the class, if there were any at all, and it was always an ordeal, like it was so stupid, even in like gym class, when you would have to learn to like bat or whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I hated gym class, my word. I Gym class is like the second circle of hell oh, wow. as far as I'm concerned. Really? And so I hated it. But anyway, I just thought that was so funny because I know that I know that struggle, that struggle, like yeah. there's no left-handed scissors. But they're all about the equality there, like all about it. So what's interesting is the opposite of this to them Mm -hmm. would be cheating in any way, shape or form. Cheating is highly frowned upon. Wow. Like cheating goes against everything that they are about as Australians. And so I think there was a cheating scandal in one of their sports a number of years ago. It devastated the country. Like they were devastated that one of their athletes would cheat because it just totally flew in the face of everything that they're about. So I thought that was really, really, really interesting. That makes sense. When fairness is such a big part of the culture, cheating would, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It it was fascinating to me. Absolutely Hmm. fascinating. I wish we cared more. found interesting too is they consider themselves extremely lucky Mm. extremely lucky lucky to be in Australia to be Australians now I read that and I'm like I'm glad you feel that way Mm. but I have seen the creatures that live so funny in Australia yeah and I don't think that's lucky at all like crazy I I that's nope land for me nope I'm not going there yeah (laughs) I'm good. So I've seen go visit. the size of those spiders. I don't know. I think I would have to go to like downtown Sydney. I would need to be in a city where the chances of me running into those dinner plate size spiders are a little bit slimmer. Mm, okay. I would shrivel up and die if I saw one. <laughs> they wouldn't even have to touch me. It could be a half a mile Gone. away and I could see it from there because it's so freaking big <laughs> and I would shrivel up and die. And I have a friend in Australia. Um, her name is Margie. She's fantastic. And she's always asking me about different cultures and customs here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when am I going to come visit? And I'm like, after you get an exterminator, that's when I will come visit. Um, one of the other cool things about this whole idea of fair go, and I loved this. It is a totally normal thing there to go for coffee, 
chat with your barista while you're there Mm -hmm. and then have your barista be like, Hey, you want to go for a beer when I'm done work? And they're like, yeah, cool. Because everyone's on equal footing. Wow. You give everyone a fair go, regardless Mm -hmm. of who they are, what they look like, what they do, how much money they do or do not have. Everybody is equal in that sense. And so not at all unusual to see Mm -hmm. things like that happen. How cool is that? That is really cool. And it makes Mm -hmm. me wonder like how much do we miss out on Mm -hmm. by not having that kind of attitude? How many amazing people, friendships, Mm -hmm. um, experiences, because we've already decided it's less than we are Mm -hmm. now that's except for when I open my pool and it's clear every year. And you think you're better than everyone for like five minutes, just for five minutes, but yeah. So it's just really, (laughs) really, really cool. So some ways that you can kind of adopt this fair go attitude is give everyone you meet a fair chance, Mm. give everyone you meet a fair go, right? Like don't just Again, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I will never forget being in a class and somebody asking the question, do you believe you can learn something from anyone on earth and everyone? Mm. And my immediate response was, yeah. I mean, of course I don't live anybody else's life. So Mm -hmm. everyone's going to have something to teach me. And I remember just being Mm -hmm. floored that there were people that shook their head and said, no, absolutely not. Mm. What? What a loss. What a miss. That is so sad. What a miss. That makes me like, oh. I know. So other things you can do, give everything a fair crack. You have to try, right? That's yeah. important to them. You have to try. Hmm. Um, they talk about, you know, remembering what you're, what you have and how lucky you are because mm-hmm. they have this attitude of we're so lucky. And we've talked about lucky girl syndrome. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a very real thing where if you think you're lucky, you will be lucky. lucky. Yeah. And if you think you're unlucky, you will be unlucky. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another thing they talk about, no worries. They Mm -hmm. say no worries a lot in Australia. And it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of this, like at the end of the day, is this all that important? Mm. Because if it's not, no worries, just move on, just move on. And get in the sun. That's their other big thing, mm. which I could not agree with more. Right. <laughs> get some sunshine. It's really good for you. So, yeah. So oh, that's man. fair go in Australia. I stink and love that. I love that so much. Yeah. There's good takeaways there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, I'm like, hmm, what do I need to say? Hey, let's get together. Let me hear your story. Like, mm. you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. something to think about yes for sure okay can you guess what my next country is um is it italy Uh uh-huh yeah so just you know note for those who are listening um immediately i wanted to talk about italy because i love their whole little mantra thing here and you snatched it out from under me before i even had a chance to say it Oh, geez. For real? For real. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but it no, is because it's so, so cool. I have a goal of actually, I'm just going to say this out loud, going to Italy this year. Really? Yeah. Now, interesting. Cause we just talked about my father's passing. One of the things that I always wanted to do with my dad was go to Italy. Yeah. He was not Italian, but man, he, he should have been. I feel like he should have been. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that man cooked Italian food, like nobody's business. And so the, just this idea of like, we used to love going to New York city and like going to little Italy together and stuff like that. And so 
So when my father passed away, well, when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I was like, mm, we talked about it. Like, what are the chances of like hopping on a plane right now and going? And with the progression of his, like, we just didn't do it. And it's something that, ah, it's hard. Yeah. So, oh, get myself together here. Yep. <clears throat> I, my godmother and I, who was my dad's life partner, we have talked many times about taking his ashes, some of his ashes and spreading them there oh. in Italy. Yeah. And so I want to do it so badly. Um, so that's why I picked this country. Gotcha. Right. So you feel better now? A little. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the term that they use in, um, in Italy is dolce fa niente. How do you like that? Uh, you did that very well. Dolce Look at you. fa niente. Um, and it's the sweetness of doing nothing. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my gosh. That's like my favorite ever. I didn't know I was Italian, oh. but I feel Italian in this moment. Dolce means sweet. Fa, fa to make or do. And then I don't know, the rest of it. Um, well, because it's like, it's showing you the root words, right? Like where it's actually coming from. It's like ne and tem yeah. or something. Literally not a being. So, um, but it's weird because they very rarely use that phrase. Mm-hmm. It's just their way of being. Yeah. It's dolce faniente. And so that means chill out, be present. We're hanging out, take a rest. Like it's just part of their culture. And it's funny because the first time I actually heard this term was in Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. Do you remember? I have not read it yet. I have it. I have not read it. I refuse to watch the movie until I've read it. Okay. I'm so sorry. I know. I can't believe it. I know. I know. It's crazy. I know. It's on my short list. I don't even know what to do with you right now. I know. Get over it. No. I'm working on it. What? When are you working on it? I have to read my book club book first. Oh my gosh. Because that's for this month. Okay. And I've, there are rules. I read the book and I watched the movie and Julia Childs is my favorite female actress of all time. Okay. So I'm pretty sure you mean Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Did mm-hmm. I say Jewish? You sure did. Say food. That's all I think about is food. Oh my word. Hi, Julia Roberts is my favorite. <laughs> I do really love Julia Childs too. And she, I mean, she's an actor. She's dead. I used to watch her every single day. I don't day. know what. What does it matter if she's dead? Saldaje. You're sick. Oh my okay. word. Keep going. Anyway. um, <laughs> Yes. But I just love this. And, and I think the reason that I love this is again, like Brazil. Oh my gosh. Italy is a very like. Talk about corrupt. Oh, yeah. Right. You got the mafia. You got a political mess. The unemployment rate is really, really high. Financial crisis. Like, it's hot mess. And it's almost like when they practice this way of being, it's almost like they're being rebels. Like, screw you. Hmm. We're going to we're going to take a rest. Right. Like, we're not going to kill ourselves government right like it's almost yeah um the other thing that i that i love is the way that they describe it is wait let me tell you about eat pray love so she's sitting in um i think it was a barber shop julia roberts not julie childs is sitting in Mm -hmm. a in a barber shop and she's just talking in in italy because that was part of one of the places that she went and um 
this guy is sitting in the chair and he's talking about how, you know, Americans, you know, it's all about work, 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 and you burn out and it's just terrible. And why, why do you do this to yourself? Blah, 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 blah. And then this other really cute younger guy sitting in the chair turns to her and he says, um, Dolce fa niente. And she said, what? And he said, yes, it's the sweetness of doing nothing. And so she was like, oh, right. Because she was on this journey of learning. Never yeah. mind. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But um, yeah. And so, but in this book, it says that Dolce fa niente is a soul expanding celebration of doing nothing something that's actively discouraged in much of the world where the cult of busy is ubiqui ubiquitous. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And it's something that for the last several years, I've really, again, as an Enneagram seven, I'm always like, it's the next thing. It's the next thing. It's the next thing, but it's about being in the moment. And there's actually a term, another term that they use called, see if I can say this. <sighs> which is just about enjoying the present moment, being being here in the present moment. Um, one of the other things they'd love to do is to pass the hottest time of the day, like where the sun is the brightest in the shade. Mm -hmm. So a lot of pictures you'll see of like this la, this um, Dolce, Fien oh my gosh, help me. Dolce, Dolce Fiente is you'll see pictures of Italians sitting in a hammock, right? Um, and again, they don't use the term, but funny that there are over 200,000, probably more than that now, 200,000 hashtags. When people really? go to Italy, they they do this Dolce Faniente hashtag when they're just like chilling, you know, with a glass of Prosecco sitting under a shade tree or something I wanna like that. I want to do that. Right? Oh my word. I was like, oh, get ready for some hashtags, people, because they are about to come. The other thing is um, there's just a slowness, mm -hmm. right? So like you go into a restaurant and it's nothing for like you're you're waiting on your coffee or your espresso or whatever. And the, the person who is serving you, like they just stop to tell everybody a joke. And there's no like, give me my damn coffee. Yeah. Right. I think like, that's a highly American yes. thing. Because I think in all countries, it's a lot slower. Like, mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. we got married in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Friends of ours oh, yeah. joined us down there. They got there a couple of days before we did. And I remember her telling me right after we got there, like, okay, now listen, it's going to take you a couple of days, but you're going to have to downshift mm -hmm. because they just don't move quickly. Mm -hmm. Like we do in yep. the U.S. and yep. we think everything should be, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. snap, snap, let's go. Yeah. Um, but I think most other countries don't operate that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another cool fact in Italy, like, cause you think about like, okay, if everybody has this like Dolce Fa Niente, like who's cooking the food? You're right. <laughs> right. Like you're just hanging out, having a glass of wine and you're eating Nona, a meal, but she's who, cooking the food. Yes. Yeah. Nona. So grandmothers, again, this is a society where I, you know, as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm becoming more and more passionate about this. <laughs> Oh, we talked about this with the blue yep. zones where in the blues, blue zones, one of the commonalities is older people are highly honored and valued. Yeah. They continue to contribute. And this, and, and one of the blue zones is actually in Italy, um, in Sardinia, but this is like throughout all of Italy, the culture is the grandmother is the boss. Yep. Like she's running the family and she's also, she'll get up at four o'clock in the morning and start making the pasta and doing all the things to be able to feed the family throughout the day. This is so the grandmother is 
highly honored. She's the boss. And she's also got the rolling pin in her hand and she's making the food. Right. And it's part of the custom that like, okay, then that gets that rolling pin gets passed down to the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you become the one that's in charge and has all the honor, but you also are making all the food. And it's almost like it's an honor to accept that, that rolling pin and to, to get, to be able to, um, then Serve everybody. your family in that yeah, way. Serve yeah. your family for sure. And then of course, carpe diem is a big word in Italy. And so that whole idea of seizing the day and um it's that this... feels in in opposition to Dolce Faniente though. Seize the day or do nothing. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yes. Because it's this idea though that there's well, I don't know, because it, it's really this idea that live today and in this moment. Because you never know if tomorrow is going to come. Yeah. It's, I think it, well, I think it's opposite in American thinking because mm-hmm. our idea of seizing the day mm-hmm. is probably dramatically well, different true. than theirs. Right. Yeah. Seizing the day. I think when, when I think about it, it's like living in the moment, it's savoring the moment, it's being with the ones you're with, that kind of stuff, as opposed to make the most of every minute and tackle all the things and be productive. Yeah. Right. Like that is, that is very, very different. Um, The thing that is, when I think about like Huga, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago in Denmark, status symbols are huge in Italy. It's all about the labels. It's all really? about, Oh yes. Yes. It's all about the bling. Really? Italians. I mean, I feel like those are my people. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Minimalism does not exist in Italy. So it's like in stark contrast to Hugo, like that whole way, way of living. Yeah. Like it's kind of like buy it now, pay for it later, maybe. (laughs) More is more. Yes. (laughs) More is more. Yeah. And it's funny because you you were just like, you know, so in the book, it says Italy is a country of contradictions. It's passion and idleness. It's fun now and paying later. It's carpe diem followed by Catholic guilt and some quality time in the confessional booth. (laughs) <laughs> you know what though I love that because again like, nobody's one thing yeah right there is a balance to all of it I yeah. love that so yeah and so some of the things that you know I took away from that is is that whole idea of being with the ones you're with like power down your phone a lot of times people get mad at me because they're like sometimes it takes you hours to answer a text or the next day and I'm like yeah because I don't have my phone attached to me I just don't so when I answer the phone and something like my godmother called me the other day and she's like oh my gosh, you answered the phone. And I was like, right, because I had it on me. Like, I'm not ghosting you. I'm not ignoring you. I just make, I'm intentional about leaving my phone in the other room or whatever so that I can be present. But that, that was a, that was a, a good one. And, you know, naps are a big thing in Italy. I'm I not a nap love person, that. but. Oh, I am. Yeah. I, I like a good nap. I don't. It's true. I don't, but yeah. So I enjoyed, enjoyed that. Now I want to go experience it for myself. Yeah, me too. Look, me too. Okay. What's your, all right. So the last one we're going to talk about is South Africa. Mm. South Africa has this concept of Ubuntu, Mm. Ubuntu. So, and what that means is I find my worth in you and you find your worth in me. Mm. So this is from the Bantu, Bantu language, meaning humanity. So it's, it's a belief in a universal bond of sharing that connects all of humanity. Mm. Like we are all one. Mm. I am because you are mm. right. The opposite of individualist. It is. 
Yeah. A hundred percent the opposite. It's their humanitarian objective to live by is Ubuntu. Hmm. I, the first time I read this, I just remembered my, my eight, my Enneagram eight heart. That is like the, the justice warrior. And mm. for the underdog was like, yes, I, these people get it. Yeah. These people get it. And again, their country's a hot mess and always has been, you know, at least politically, but yeah. So it's interesting because, um, president Obama actually talked about Ubuntu in a 2013 speech he made talking about Nelson Mandela. And I want to read the quote from him about this because it was so poignant. He said, there's a word in South Africa, Ubuntu, that describes Mandela's greatest gift, his recognition that we are all bound together in ways that can be invisible to the eye, that there is a oneness to humanity, that we achieve ourselves by sharing ourselves with others and caring for those around us Mm. oh my goodness Mm. isn't that something yeah we achieve ourselves by sharing ourselves with others and caring for those around us that makes me emotional right I think because it is so opposite Mm -hmm. of how we tend to live here in the U.S. yeah it really is and I think well I could get on that soapbox but I think we never saw that more clearly than during COVID and 2020 and quarantine. Like we were so individualistic about Mm -hmm. the whole thing and me and mine and what I want and I don't care about you. Yeah. And it was really just a sad thing to witness. Well, and when you think of the culture of the the history of America, we were, America was formed with this whole idea of, you're not the boss of me. Yes. You're not going to tell me what to do. It's me, 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 me. Yeah. So we started off. Absolutely. With that. So of course it's going to play out, right? As opposed to Africa, right? you know, where it's every, it's community. It's, it's yes. not, it's never me. It's constantly us. It's, it's we, it not is. me. It's a totally different yeah. way of living. And while I can, I, I can certainly appreciate you know, the personal individual freedoms that we have here in this country, I think we are, are missing out mm-hmm. on something that could actually make us amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's that we versus me attitude. It's so interesting. Yeah. One of the things that they talk about with Ubuntu is this idea of like, how can you be happy if the people around you aren't? Mm. Mm. Gosh, imagine so they're not happy until everyone's needs are met. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, my humanity is caught up in yours. When you thrive, I thrive. When you suffer, I suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, I don't know. It is. It's very deeply touching to, mm-hmm. to consider. Um, one of the other things is, you know, wanting more stuff would be like the opposite of Ubuntu. Mm. because first of all, it's wanting more stuff for yourself, but also wanting more stuff they fully recognize makes us unhappier in the long run. Mm-hmm. Whereas caring for others and giving makes us happier mm. in the long run. It's the polar opposite. It's mm. like, it actually is quite convicting because it just makes me go, oh my gosh, yeah, we're getting so much wrong. I think we could be so much happier if we paid a little bit more attention or gave a little bit more credit 
to what some of these other countries embrace because the science shows us time and time again that that again our brains are terrible predictors of what will make us happy mm. we think more stuff will make us happy mm-hmm. we think well more of everything will make us happy right yeah. but that's not what it is no. that's not it that's not where it's at so it's just so interesting wow so a couple of things that you can do to kind of incorporate more Ubuntu into your daily life. The first thing they talk about is forgiving. They talk about forgiveness as mm. being the best way to make progress. Mm. Well, but, with apartheid, that is something oh, yeah, that totally had to happen. It had to. Yep. It's do you know, so interesting. Can I tell you a random fact? I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but I don't know if you know. So Nelson Mandela gets so much credit for all of, you know, like helping to bring healing and, you know, all of the things. But do you know that Winnie Mandela was? Oh, yeah. She was a total badass. Yeah, she was. And she was such a voice and such. And he would say it like she like was. Yeah, she was the force behind him for sure. So, 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 so brilliant. But she because she was a whistleblower, she was a she was a badass. She was a woman. They actually put her in a mental institution yep. and deemed her as insane Yep, um, and kept her away, but she would journal and she would, she would write things out and then she would pass them to her lawyer. And until it wasn't until she, after she died that people realized, oh my goodness, yeah. this woman was amazing, but because she was a woman oh, yeah. at that time they they shut her up and put her away claimed her insane like yeah oh and if you think that so that's much. like a shocking thing that they did in south africa let me just uh inform you <laughs> that that is something that we did largely here in the us as well if women did not want to be uh wives or mothers or care for their family they were institutionalized as yeah. insane if they um dared to oppose their husband they were institutionalized and deemed insane. If they uh, had thoughts of their own, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whether politically, religious in particular thoughts of their own, where they went to church and went, I'm not sure I'm buying that. They were put into institutions and like for a really long time, yeah. like this was happening far longer than it should have. There's an incredible book um, <laughs> called, the woman they could not silence by let me look quick by Kate Moore phenomenal book Mm. about a woman. And I I read it a year and a half ago, so I don't remember her name, but about a woman who, whose husband had her institutionalized and she was incredibly smart Mm. and had her own ideas and had asked like totally benign questions like in church and things like that. And they just weren't having it. And she could not get out. And it talks about the conditions there during that time and how horrific they were, what they did to these women. It was horrible. So yeah, to see women like Winnie Mandela and this, you know, this woman in that other book to come out of that Mm -hmm. eventually anyway, after Mm -hmm. putting in way too much time. Yeah. um, It's just an incredible thing. Yeah. Incredible, incredible thing. And then you can get her, her, those letters that she wrote while she was away in prison or in the mental institution, you can actually, can actually get them. Yep. Yep. Um, so a couple other things, appreciate your journey. Mm. It's another way to, um, 
embrace Ubuntu, appreciate your journey and appreciate that everybody else is on a journey too. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cherish the people who make you, you. Hmm. It's this idea that all of humanity is family. Hmm. So you're going to take care of all of humanity because mm-hmm. they're all family. Hmm. I, mm, It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not me. It's we. It's care more. So people about people, you know, about people you don't know. And the other thing they said that I thought was so fascinating. Another way to embrace this Ubuntu is resist the temptation to turn away from others suffering. Mm. We have a tendency to do that, particularly, um, I would say Americans, because we don't have to witness other people's suffering in countries like South Africa and other countries around the world. You really don't have a choice, right? It is just right there in front of you. Um, for a lot of us, not all of us, but for a lot of us in America, we can choose to not see it. Yeah. And, um, they really advise like, don't turn away from other suffering because it does bring humanity to the table. It, Mm -hmm. it, it humanizes the people who are suffering as opposed to, it's just them. Mm. It's that group. It's mm. those people. Mm. It turns them into a person yeah, and makes it very, very different. Wow. And the last thing they talk about is ditch that whole idea of, I think, therefore I am. And instead opt for, I am because you are. Oh, I know. Isn't that cool? I am because you are. Because we are all connected. We are all humanity. We are all family and we are all to care and take care of each other. Mm. I love it. I I absolutely love it. And I think it really actually kind of resonates back to Australia's fair go as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of overlap there, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Fascinating ways to approach living the good life Mm -hmm. and being happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate this so much because there's just, there is so much to learn and it add so much value to our own lives, gives us things to think about challenges, the way that we, that we currently think or behave. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about the next episode because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things I know that we both learned about, I think during COVID, right? Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. called Wabi Sabi. Yeah. That's one of the things we'll be talking about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. But yeah, we have a couple more countries that we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it again. This is one of those things like you don't even know what you don't know. Right. I read this and just my mind was kind of blown because I think, and this is, this is me like admitting my own shortcoming, uh, in that, you know, it's just kind of like where I live is the center of the universe Mm -hmm. and I forget that there are other places in the world that live nothing like the way that I do. And they're not wrong and they're not bad. Right. They just are different and have a different way of viewing things. Yeah. And I, to have your eyes open to things like that is just a gift. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. What if we start incorporating some of these things into our own lives? I just think it adds to our own happiness, but then also makes us better humans. Oh my gosh. Right. We talk about all the time, like, I want to show up in this world in a better way. Yeah. I want, I want to have that mentality of it's not me. It's we. Yeah. And yeah. And so I appreciate the challenge and I hope you guys do too. Yes. We're excited to come back next week. Yeah. And we hope you are too. All right. All right. We'll see, see you, you then. Guys.